You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Well, hello again, everyone. This is Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I'm your host, Doug Thorpe. Today, we're going to continue our journey meeting with business owners and entrepreneurs and those who have gone out there and made a difference in the world. My guest today is no different. Her name is Melanie Lipman. Melanie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Doug. Yeah, looking forward to it. And where are you located? I am in New York, about an hour outside of Manhattan. Okay. Great, great. And are you native of that area? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm from New York, from Queens, so I grew up 20 minutes outside of the city. So, gotcha. but children make you move. Yeah, yeah. Yards. <laughs> Expanding boundaries. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Melanie is going to talk to us about the idea of image consulting, and in a uh, social media world. If you own a business or you're representing a brand, the image that you yourself project has a lot to do with it. So um, as is a bit of a custom here, Melanie, could you first, before we get into the details, could you give us a little bit of backstory and help us know your journey and where you came from and what inspired you to do what you're doing now? Absolutely. So I was born with what my clients say with the fashion gene, something that they all think that they're lacking. So I grew up, my family owns an accessory store and I was put to work probably when I was like four years old, (laughs) probably even earlier, but that's like the, the first memories. And something that I really realized is that when someone felt confident in what they were wearing, they would go do anything. But when they didn't feel like they were wearing the right thing or they felt frumpy or just like inappropriate, they kind of didn't want to go. So I really quickly picked that up. And I just loved helping people find that confidence and finding that desire to go play bigger. And um, it's something that I kept with me for my whole entire life. So when I needed to take electives in high school or Um, They were always fashion related. And then I ultimately decided to go to the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York um, and studied um, fashion merchandising. And then I studied actually cosmetics and fragrance marketing. And I went and worked for designers um, for about 10 years. So I sold very expensive, highest of luxury, worked with Berdorf Goodman, Neiman Marcus, Harrods, like was ve- was very young. I was in my mid-20s and was all of a sudden found myself in these situations where I kind of felt like I didn't belong. Like, it's <laughs> like, I'm sitting at this table. What am I doing? And I found myself on this hamster wheel of how do I show up? What do I wear? How do I become appropriate? And I was trying everything. And I grew up, obviously, with a mom who had a very strong foundation of know your colors, know what looks good on you, stop wearing trends, just focus on what's right for you. And so when I kind of found myself in the stuck position, I was like, like some of us do, maybe I should go listen to what mom said and see if that really is the answer. So I kind of took some time to figure out what my own personal brand was when it came to getting dressed. So when I needed to go into these meetings, when I needed to go to Europe for 10 days with a carry-on suitcase, when I needed to go to a friend's birthday party, I just knew what I needed to wear. Like it didn't become this big thing and and something that really brought simplification into my life. So then when I ultimately end up 
having my son and decided to leave that corporate job, I became super passionate about figuring out how to take my own formula to work for people with all different shapes, sizes, backgrounds, lifestyles. So I went back to school and got a degree in image consultation and color consultation. So I really can help um, other people really find their own unique personal brands. And then throughout the way, um, picked up a neuro coaching certification, because as we know, when we have to go play bigger mindset sometimes has to has to have to shift with that as well. So that's kind of a the long and short of how I got to be where I am right now. I'm uh, a couple of thoughts flashing through my mind. I'm, I'm old enough to be able to remember the days I was a banker in my early career, and we still wore suits then. You know, and classically, we had the the navy suit, the white shirt, and the burgundy tie. That was kind of the uniform of the day most of the time. And if we want to take a page out of Steve Jobs' book, if you just had that, that that's what you could come up with every day, and it would be perfectly acceptable. There wasn't necessarily a competition to change your ties or shirts, or in, in the case of the ladies, the jackets and blouses they were wearing and things like that. We had a senior executive who was kind of our chief administrative officer, which put HR up reporting to him. He actually put together a manifesto about proper dress and image, and he went so far as to, to kind of get back to your point, you know, quit worrying about trends, quit worrying about, you know, the mode of the day, but find your own brand. And he used the example for the guys. If you think you like wearing cufflinks, well, get started, get used to it, because, you know, having that chunk of hardware on your arm is kind of weird if you're sitting at a desk trying to do something. But his point was, whatever it is, practice it, get used to it, and get very comfortable in that. And if it doesn't somehow work for you, move on, you know, get find something else. And of course, the world changed and we stopped doing all that. And then it became more of a business casual. So I, I want to, I guess, lead off with that question to the extent the whole world is incredibly casual nowadays. Uh, wh where do you start with helping people with that story? Mm -hmm. So it was like pre-pandemic was the business casual kind of came to be and no one really explained what that was or put a definition to it. For for men, it was a little bit simpler where it was like, okay, you, you don't have to wear a full suit. You could wear um, a blazer and it does, you could wear slacks or maybe it's a polo shirt. Um, but for women, it was like all bets are off. And it kind of is, people liked the idea of giving people the decision to choose and the freedom to choose. People don't like making choices, especially when there's a fear that they may do it wrong. Like they like to know what, like have a choice of what to eat for dinner. But like if they're going to a restaurant that they've never been from an ethnicity they've never eaten, they want someone to tell them, just order this, it's going to be good. So it's the same thing with our clothes is that there really is this lack of this is how to do it. And people want some direction. So one of the things that I really love teaching my clients to do is to figure out what actually makes them feel confident in their clothes. Because it's the same thing with giving a speech. You can't give someone else's speech powerfully. It's the same thing why a subscription box, a personal shopper, it's great to fill a void if you don't know what to have, what you're looking for. But if you don't have the words to articulate what your values are, the messages you want your clothes to send, what makes you feel good in your clothes and all of the things, like it's just basically shooting in the dark and putting it in someone else in the driver's seat when it comes to how you're showing up. So once you get really clear of what makes you feel good in your clothes, 
then you could adjust the formality. It's like, I just need these two things to happen. Like you mentioned cufflinks. It's like, well, I like the color burgundy or I like the color navy blue or I don't like baggy pants or I like to wear a sneaker or I like to wear a loafer. Once you know what you're what direction you're going into, it can be like, okay, I need to dress up a little bit. I'm going to wear this. I need to dress down a little bit. So the first step is really getting crystal clear on that. And then we can adjust the formality, knowing the situation that you need to go to. Do you, I'm, I'm going to start kind of from the top down in, in your experience with the clients you work with now are, are, are they still operating in larger businesses that have sort of unwritten dress codes or unwritten expectations? Yes and no. A lot of my clients are probably are females that worked in male dominated fields. And so to get them to where they needed to be, they needed to follow those unwritten guidelines where, you know, wear beige, wear navy, wear black, blend in, don't let your clothes be flatter than you, like, you know, don't speak until spoken to, kind of like the learn the rules until you start breaking them. My clients typically come to me when they're ready to break the rules. When they're like, gotcha. you know what, like that worked, that got me to a certain place, but now I want to do things differently. Um, so whether they are still in, let's say a larger law firm, or they're the CFO of a company or they're the CMO. So they're in marketing and they're like, I, I, I can, I should be a little bit different than everyone else. How do I do that? Or they've decided maybe to leave that and go off on their own. And maybe they're going to be a consultant, a coach, or, um, or maybe start their own business. And that's where they're like, next for me to figure out who me is, as opposed to kind of living by everyone else's rules. Yeah. I like that. Follow the rules until you can start breaking them. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure I heard that idea voiced quite that way, but that's that's a good one. I have to, have to remember that. Well, so what is the usual profile of those who reach out and ask for your help? Um, it usually is someone who has find, found themselves either not wanting to go to the thing or going to, let's say, a big event, a conference, or traveling out for work, and it just feels hard and it's getting in the way. Or some of my clients have come to me because they've realized they've gotten passed up for promotion, um, whether it is they haven't made partner and they've seen other people around them. Um, it Usually the, the, the connection with my clients is the close is the confidence piece that's missing. Like it's, they're not showing up fully. They're, they're not, you know, maybe they're speaking on a stage, but they're kind of standing there and being like, this doesn't feel so good, or this doesn't feel like me. So they're either, there's a lack of inauthenticity or they feel like they're just not like, quote unquote, playing full out and playing as much as they, they're looking for. So it almost feels like their clothes are holding them back in a way. I'm, I'm reminded, I, I, I want to shift gears and, and just talk about the whole remote work and Zoom and Teams world we, many of us have evolved into. And I know I frequently get on calls with clients and, you know, by title, you can tell they're pretty senior people in their companies and, and have good spans of responsibility. But yet, even in my own calls, when they show up, I'm going like, and you wore that all day? Really? <laughs> How many calls have you been on? And um, there, there's an extra edge of, of relaxation that seems to be emerging and, or, or oozing into the Zoom world or the Teams world. Uh, 
And I wonder if anybody has ever really thought about that back to the point of I got passed over. I wasn't, you know, deemed a good fit. And, and they, they're sensing that there's something about the image that was a factor. But what do you tell people about that appearance on Zoom if, they, if that's their life basically now? Well, two things kind of happen. I tell people, people aren't going to take you seriously if you don't take yourself seriously. So if you, we need to get dressed for ourselves. Like we like really need to go and do the thing. We don't have the commute. We don't have the listening to the, the podcast where we become like the person that lives in the house to the person who like runs the, runs the company. So we really need to make our clothes be part of that commute and really showing up like you're fully present and like you're a hundred percent listening and engaging in someone's um, in, in whatever you're working on. So, and our clothes, they used, you know, the, the industry guideline was seven seconds of first impression with all of social media. It is no longer seven seconds. Like you can scroll in one second. People are automatically preconceived notion judgment. You pop on a screen, your clothes speak before you do. So you're kind of taking yourself out of the game. You're wearing a hoodie. Someone's like looking at their phone, looking at this call. So that happens, but then the flip side about it is that I work with a lot of people that work from home, let's say three days a week, or they work from home and then they have to go to a conference or they have to go see clients. And when they have to go and leave their house, it's so much harder, the juxtaposition, that it feels like they literally are wearing a costume and it feels very unlike them, but they're thrown into these situations. And those are those situations that matter when they're in front of a client or they're in a networking situation and they're so used to that comfort. So it, it's just... Finding the middle ground is actually really, really helpful. So it doesn't feel like you are have to put your training wheels back on when you have to go back into, you know, reality, you know, the public eye or meet, go and meet with, engage with people in, in person. Yeah, I can see that. And like I said, I, I think it is interesting. And if people are starting to feel that, you know, they're getting passed over, that maybe they that's one place to start is is that outward image and things and i do a lot of work with clients we do talk about personal branding i do not get into the the fashion part of it and the and the adornment and accoutrement you know aspects of it um i i speak to people more in terms of content and subject matter brand imaging that you've got out there and um a quick story an example i had an executive who was feeling it happened to be a woman she was feeling she was getting passed over and she was pushing for an elevation and they kept saying oh yeah it's going to happen it's going to happen and like two years had gone by and nothing and so she was kind of frustrated and i started talking to her and i said well you know, what are you doing external to the company? And I'm saying not in terms of looking for a job, but asserting your brand, asserting your expertise in your field. And uh, she said, not really much. And so we talked about a LinkedIn strategy, and then we migrated to the idea of showing up for conferences and making contacts. Well, in fairly short order, she got invited to three different conferences and actually was asked to be on panels at all three. And she was rubbing elbows with some pretty dominant personalities in these industries. And that really caught fire. They didn't, didn't exactly go viral as a post on LinkedIn, but it, it definitely caught a lot of people's attention. There was a lot of 
subsequent dialogue and commentary about it. And it was like people were saying to her, oh, you got to do that. You got to meet him and you got to talk to him. And wow, you know, and she got a call one day from someone inside the company that said, you're turning into kind of a big deal. <laughs> we see your press and uh, you're you're making a good name. And thank you for representing us. She was not, you know, shying away from that. She was leveraging her role in at her own company and putting it out there as, you know, in parallel with what she was doing personally. And that precipitated the movement to say, well, you know, maybe we need to <laughs> make this change. We, we need to get you this title. We need to get you this office. Because someone and, else is going to grab you. <laughs> yeah, someone else is going to grab you because you're kind of a big deal. So, <laughs> But it really has to do with, I think that there's this idea and it's, it's ingrained with us. Like I even know when I, so that when I was talking about when I worked corporately, I worked for, you know, the same company for about five years. And I remember telling my dad I was unhappy and he worked for the same company for like 35 plus years until they were bought by another company. And there's this idea of you are one of many and you want to conform and you kind of are, you know, being that brand as opposed to being your own brand. When now it's really about people like to work with people, especially like in the pandemic, like there's this personal edge that we all have that we know your ch children's name. We know when you went on vacation, like we want to like, we want a personal aspect. We're not robots. There's enough AI out there. Like we need to find a way to go be a human. And one of the ways to do that is through your clothes. Everyone is going to wear a black blazer. If you want to go and wear a blue blazer or a red blazer to an event, you're going to be one of five. So why not do that and have someone go up to you, sort of conversation with someone and, really build a sense of community as opposed to being one of many. There's enough people out there doing that. So it's really, but what, to your point, again, it's knowing what your truth is, knowing what it is. So you're not showing up like a different person every single time. It's knowing what your message is, knowing what you're talking about, knowing what you're wearing. So it's like, it feels authentic and it feels you. And you also, the great thing about it, and this is what I tell my clients all the time, be a magnet, go find your people and attract them to you. But what also what gets to happen is you get to repel the people that you don't want to work with that aren't your people very, very quickly, as opposed to having that like weird, you know, six month, year long relationship. And then being like, I don't feel like you and you're never going to be my client. So we you know, like that sort of thing, our clothes, our communication, when we start just being us, as opposed to being vanilla, it very quickly brings people to us, but also has the people that aren't really, want, you know, our people really start to take a stance back. And we're afraid of that, obviously, because we want everyone to like us, but it just, it draws those other people to you so much quicker. Yeah. I like that. And I guess my question that comes from that, so how do you talk to people about where their edge ought to be? You know, how far out do they need to get to go? And I've got a gentleman friend who's a longtime attorney and his trademark is a bow tie. Again, that's kind of corny and very old school, but he picked it a long time ago and he's really, you know, made the best of it. So kind of the joke is when there's an event and you don't see him on a regular basis, you're always wondering what bow tie he's going to wear that day, you know, and, and sometimes they're really wild and crazy, almost like a Hawaiian shirt in a little, a little miniature form <laughs> or, you know, something else, but it, it makes him memorable. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. And I have clients that 
you know, wear cowboy boots or wear funky glasses. And every time someone sees funky glasses, they'll get an email. I have a client literally every single time that she sees an article in the Times that has anything to do with style or wearing pajamas or something, she forwards it to me because she knows that's my interest. But it's the same thing. Like if you were to see a funky bow tie, if you were in, I'm making it up, Japan, you're going to take a picture and you're going to send it to this guy. It becomes that connection. So what I love to do with my clients is make it much more of it than clothes because it is. It's when we get really crystal clear of what our values are and where we can align that with our clothing, that's when it feels like us. So it's really about using our clothes as that nonverbal communication. And it's really understanding, you know, how far we want to take it. Because the majority of my clients are in law, do practice law or um, are in insurance. Like they work in pretty conservative fields. So if they were to start showing up in a rainbow, there'd be people like, what are you doing? So it's a mix between what feels good to them and also what is appropriate. And it, like I said, it always starts with something other than clothes. <laughs> so we can connect it back. So it feels like there's much more of a personal connection there. To what degree do you see people's personalities impacting their willingness to, to go out to the edge a little bit? Um, so it, we, I make my clients do um, some icebreakers and I make them play some games. Is because clothing and trying new things is a sense of curiosity. And the older and older we get, the further and further we get from being playful and trying new things. So, and some of my clients would call themselves rigid. I normally will find something about them that is not rigid, that's fun and engaging, but they kind of see themselves as someone a little rigid. So once I start breaking down some of those walls and barriers, and they can kind of start having a little bit of fun, that they see that that's possible. But a lot of times the, the, they come, come to me fighting tooth and now you're not going to get the black blazer off me. I, I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one that breaks you. And I also will say to someone, if you... Like, I'm not forcing you to be here. Like you want to, you came here for a reason. So just do me a favor and try some things. I'm not saying that you need to leave your house, but the first thing is to actually try some new color combinations, try a different way, way of doing it. Um, a lot of the women that I work with are very hesitant to tuck their shirt in or wear a belt. So I'll say, do me a favor, tuck your shirt in for five minutes a day before you leave the house. Like let's try something. So it all starts with kind of the the trying, they get a good reaction, they get a compliment or they feel good and then they're willing to try more. Um, and those, those are the clients that usually never leave me. <laughs> the ones that were the hardest egg to crack at the oh, very yeah. <laughs> yeah, usually always the case. Um, just going back to a comment you made that uh, wisdom from your mom about know your colors. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the the art and science of proper color combination. Yeah, absolutely. So the really cool thing about getting dressed is it's just math and science. Like people like are think about it as this fairy tale thing, like dressing to flatter your body type, it's math. It gets literally knowing your proportions and how to figure out how to balance them. And color is all science. So it's all things that we probably learned when we were in sixth grade, we just forgot it. Um, and it's really color theory. So one of the things, the first thing that I do with my clients is really get them to understand what are the colors that flatter us because we all have, you know, either a warm undertone, a cool undertone. So the first step is really knowing what looks good on you. Because again, you're much more likely to try something if you know it's going to work than not work. 
Um, but then really understanding, you know, what to wear with it, because the knee jerk reaction for most of my clients is like, okay, you're telling me to wear blue, but I'll wear it with black. Like, so it's kind of like, oh, I'm going to wear prints. I'm going to wear it with black. So it's really then showing them what in, within the color theory or what are the two or three other colors to wear it with. And then from there, that's where you can start either being conservative, where it's like, okay, maybe you're wearing you know, gray and a pink, or maybe you're wearing navy blue and burgundy. But if you want to take it a step further, you can maybe wear green and blue. So it's really, that's where you could actually start to, to really step outside of the box or keep it super conservative. So what I love to just teach my clients is really number one, to understand what looks good on them. And that goes back to the eighties, you know, color me beautiful. A lot of women got like their colors done but then knowing what to do with that information, because it's just like anything, like you could sit there and you could take a course online and someone can give you a piece of paper, but it's actually knowing what to do with that information. And we know to what degree that you want to, what a, you know, step out of the comfort zone when it comes to it. Right. Yeah. There's no denying that, uh, based on skin tone, hair color, uh, all of that, that some things just don't work. And, mm -hmm. you know, you, you get this automatic, Rrr. And it, it might go so far as to say one of, one of my favorite challenge phrases when I'm talking to business leaders, there's a term or word that comes from sales. It says a confused mind says no. Mm -hmm. And um, I can imagine people showing up with the wrong blend and mix of things and everybody goes, ooh, that's confusing. Go, you know, what are you? And so the natural reaction is no. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't want to engage. I don't want to continue this discussion. I just want to find an opportunity to exit the moment. And it's the same thing with Zoom. Like if your LinkedIn picture looked all, you were all suited up and then all of a sudden you got on the camera on the screen and you were a completely different person, the person's taking three minutes to figure out, am I on the call with the right person? Like there, it's just like, we all like to put people in boxes. <laughs> If the box doesn't fit, we're running away. It's fight or flight. <laughs> well, speaking of LinkedIn and, and those image things, many years ago, and, and a lot of my listeners know this story, I, I ran a nonprofit organization that was helping job seekers back during the great crash of 08. And for about four years after that, we this organization coached about 4,500 people through job change. And so we, we were doing everything. Uh, in terms of image and branding and resume writing and profile making on LinkedIn. And the big, and again, go back, we're talking now 15 years, go back in mindset 15 years ago. I had people that showed up, they had never thought about building a LinkedIn profile. And we got to the part about putting your picture on there and they go, oh, I don't, I don't want them to see who I am. You know, I, I want to be able to have the discussion. And I said, and I would tell people, oh, so you're going to wait till that moment for them to see you and decide they don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I said, why don't you get that out of the way sooner? It, put a nice picture up there and not, it doesn't have to be uber professional, but it needs to be nice. It needs to be consistent with the brand you're trying to build and put it out there. If somebody has a bias of some kind or age, gender, race, any of those biases, and they see your picture and disqualify you for that, well, that's good news. You don't want to work for them anyway. And also, by the way, the biggest question mark is what's going on? What's wrong with your profile if there's not a picture? Like, it seems like there's something wrong. 
<laughs> well, that's the evolution now. It, it, back then, it was kind of it was a wild west, but now it it is. And I know a lot of recruiters that will say when I'm flipping LinkedIn, if I don't see a picture, I I scroll on. You know, I, I'm not even going to read your stuff if if you don't have the willingness to share with me who and what you are. You know, in a picture form, uh, just disqualified right off the top. So, mm-hmm. I think that's a Again, it's a mind shift of where we are in in the way we look at this stuff and think about it. But now I I could easily see that while all of this is wide open in that way, there are still people that probably struggle with what to put up there. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it's also like I've gone through many coaching sessions with photographers about like what's the right photo, what's the not right photo, what should you have in the background. Um, I definitely have changed my photo multiple times. Um, and I could always go back and just say, there's going to be a lot of people wearing black blazers. If you want to stick out from the crowd and someone to stop the scroll, because that's ultimately what we're looking for, is someone to just connect for more than two seconds is to do something that is a little bit different and a little bit out there. And it's the same thing I've even seen, you know, with the uptick of pictures and graphics on LinkedIn in the past year is there are some pictures that people are taking and just putting them up there because now people are saying, you know, you need to have an image up there for someone to stop. People are no longer looking at text. I'm like, oh, this is the image that you're posting. <laughs> like, it's almost better to not put an image than put that image up there. So we really need to realize that we are visual creatures and we're visual beings and those pictures don't go away. So just, just thinking about it from a sense of control. We all like to control you know, what we're putting out there, what the images that we're putting out there. And when you kind of do this work in advance, you take the decision-making process out of there. Because like in our minds, we'd, we don't want to get dressed for Zoom because we're, we're just in our house. This is so easy. I want to be comfortable. I'm not saying you need to go wear a tie on Zoom, but if you just have three or four, you know, shirts or outfits that are ready, the guesswork gets to go get taken out of it as opposed to you having to scramble. Oh, I didn't realize this was a video podcast or I didn't realize just have the work done already. It makes it so much easier than kind of feeling like you have this panic struggle that happens a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. I, I know there's lots of memes and videos that have been done about that phenomenon. And one of my favorites, there's a lady sitting at her computer. She's got her hair pulled back with a some kind of scrunchie in it and and she's got her cat in her lap and she's talking and and then all of a sudden and there's bowls of snacks all around her. It's just a mess. She's in a tank top, really casual. Looks like she just came back from the gym. And then she goes, Oh crap, we're gonna be on camera. And she goes, wait, wait, and she clicks and then there's this scramble to go get her blazer and and throw the cat out and clean up the junk and pull her hair down and <laughs> <laughs> do this quick two second makeover, you know, to get back and get ready to be on the camera. So, you know, to your point, you know, why do that? Why, why not just pick a spot and dress for that day? And you may or may not be on a, a, a camera call, but if you are, then great, you're there and you're now consistently appearing with your brand and <clears throat> your value statement. Exactly. And it's also, it goes back to just those brand guidelines. Like it's just like a playbook. Like it's not like, it's just like how Target, Coca-Cola, Apple, everyone, like you just know what font, you know, what you know, you know, what color, just kind of, you know, figure it out once 
So it doesn't have to feel like it's guesswork all the time and it makes everything so much easier. Yeah. So when you begin your work with a client, you, you mentioned a, a little bit of game playing and some other things. What, what else is involved in kind of landing on that solution? Um, a lot is for everyone. It's different. And that's why I, I went and took the neuro coaching certification because what most of us don't realize is a lot of the ways that we're showing up, getting dressed, our childhood affects it. Like we're, you know, we're sometimes we're dressing the seven-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old version of ourselves. If we went to church every Sunday or we um, got passed down clothes or we were told that something was up with our body, like that is, we're still dressing that person. So a lot of times I will have to kind of check in with my clients and just kind of have to have a little bit of questions about, you know, what are some things that you notice when you get dressed? Where are you getting stuck? So that's where some of like the, the coaching will come in is just figuring that all out. Um, and then also another thing that I, an exercise that I really love doing with my clients is like, imagine it done. Like we are so in scarcity mode. We're so reactive. But like if we were to be having, let's say, a cup of coffee three years from now and you're doing your big audacious goal, whether it was a TED Talk or whether it was you made partner, or whether it was you left your company and you went and started your own, like how is that person thinking, feeling, acting, getting dressed? And let's start creating that person as opposed to being so reactive because we all have a closet full of clothes that has happened to us, especially during the pandemic. Like how many suits do people have that they haven't worn in years? How many like college sweatshirts do they have? Like, let's forget that that's there and let's actually figure out how that powerful person dresses and then really make your wardrobe work for you as opposed to feeling like it's a result of the things that have happened to you. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And, you know, it is, is um, so much part of that story we tell ourselves. And uh, I know, in, in again, in my own coaching work, I'd spend a lot of time with executives just really challenging the story that's going on. And I love your your vision, that future person. If if all this came together and all the goals were hit and the proverbial magic wand was waved and mm -hmm. poof, you were there, what would that look like? And let's be that person, you know, start start assimilating what that person is doing and has been doing and you know, let that be the vision of where you want to go. Exactly. Because that person's not going to say, I have to lose 20 pounds before I do this. Because <laughs> I, I get a lot of that. People come to me, I've signed up to work with you, but just letting you know, I'm going to learn, lose about like 40 pounds before this is over. Like that's not right. Yeah. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> like how long have we been working on that one? You know, not, not a bad goal to have if you're right. actually going to be intentional and go do something about it. But uh, yeah, so and how many people gained their own COVID-19 as in 19 extra pounds while the thing was going on? I, I certainly know a lot of folks that, who did suffer with that. And uh, boy, that was, I, I, I'm glad we're sort of at a place you can think about some of that in a rearview mirror you know mm -hmm. we're we're definitely gone are the days of tiger king binging on the sofa you know so <laughs> i was just at universal studios um for spring break and so we were on they opened like a new ride in the mario ride that was very busy and i turned to my husband i'm like remember we had to stand six feet apart like we were like literally a sardine can <laughs> get closer 
closer, get closer. Everybody needs to get in this room. And I'm like, can we have our six feet again? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely strange times. Well, Melanie, I think we're about up on time here. Thank you so much for sitting in. I think this has really been great. Uh, tell folks the best way to get a hold of you. Absolutely. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Okay. <laughs> um, I definitely I have a website and I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok, but definitely I spend a lot of time and offer a lot of content on LinkedIn. I do LinkedIn lives. So um, my goal is for everyone to just um, find small ways that they could show up with confidence um, and just keep the ball rolling. Great. Great. Well, as always, folks, we're going to have those links in the show notes here. So uh, drop down in the descriptions and check it out. You'll find Melanie's information can reach back to her. But one last time, Melanie, thanks so much. My pleasure. Well, folks, we are going to wrap it up. As always, I want to remind you that we do have a video version of this over on YouTube, channel by the same name, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. If you're listening right now on your favorite audio streaming, hop over there, check out the video, get uh, a look at Melanie's um, setup here and things she's got going on. But uh, think about you know how you do want to enhance your own personal brand. And I know perhaps a lot of what we talked about sounded like we were talking to the ladies, but uh, you know, guys, we all have a challenge too to make a decision about how we want to show up and like it or not, it is a factor. And it's something that it, it may not be the only deciding factor, but it sure may be one of the contributing factors to a decision that a prospective client or a future employee may make about looking at you and deciding, do I want to work with that? <laughs> and uh, like it or not, that is reality. So think about it, see if this uh, might be a help for getting you to the next level. So with that, we're going to sign off, say goodbye. Hope to see you again real soon. Take care. Okay. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.